beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Neese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Hey guys, April Meese here. So today I'm interviewing Vicki Hansen. Vicki Hansen is a permanent makeup professional that has been in the industry for many years. In fact, I'm going to read her official bio and I'll let you know that when I started recording this interview, I was so excited to talk to her. I forgot to hit record on the original recording. So I'm going to read her bio and then we're going to jump right into the interview as in progress. So Vicki Hansen, I've known for many years and she brings 28 years of experience to our permanent makeup industry and has worked with some of the top plastic surgeons in Texas. As a medical esthetician, she has been teaching aesthetics procedures and permanent makeup for well over a decade. Vicki customizes procedures for her clients. She does permanent makeup, eyebrows, eyeliner, correction, 3D areola, skin needling, scar reduction, camouflage, and so much more. She's also a fantastic teacher. Her business is called Vicky's Making Faces and the Studio for Advanced Permanent Makeup Education is located in Arlington, Texas, and she is a certified permanent cosmetic professional for the SPCP Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals. So we'll jump right into this interview with Vicki Hansen. You're going to find a lot of gems where she's talking about building a beauty business and what it really takes. And then at the end, she's talking about her favorite technical things in terms of how she likes to do her procedures, pigments and tools that she uses and so forth. So there's something for everybody in this episode, but the main takeaway that I want you to get is the business building basics and the principles, the strategies that she's learned and learned from her wisdom to hopefully help you in your beauty business. So also, I'd love to hear your feedback because we're going to be doing more of these interviews on beauty bosses that have reached six figures and over and how they did it and breaking down their case studies. All right. So without further ado, here is the interview with Vicki Hansen. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I am so excited that you're joining me today. I have an exciting interview with the one and only Vicki Hansen. And so today's interview is going to be a little bit different. We've interviewed her before, but we're going to be talking about the nitty gritty in building a beauty business. So you don't want to miss this. In fact, you might want to pull out a notepad, a pen, and jot this down. There's going to be some good gems here, some wisdom that Vicki's going to share with us. What we're doing today is we're talking to Vicki Hansen about her success. Vicki has 28 years of experience. I don't know how she looks so young um, in our industry. And she's worked with some of the top plastic surgeons in Texas. She's a medical esthetician. She's been teaching aesthetics procedures and permanent makeup for well over a decade. And I've known her for a long time through the SPCP, the Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals. 
But what I love is that she is so down to earth and anyone that meets her, if you know Vicki or even just meet her one time, everyone will tell you she will bend over backwards to make sure she helps you, to make sure that you understand this industry. I mean, she's just got an amazing giving heart, but she also has all of this wisdom and she's super skilled. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Yes. Oh, and I didn't say that your permanent makeup studio is called Vicky's Making Faces, the studio for advanced permanent makeup education. It's located in Arlington, Texas. And she also does not just permanent makeup. She does areola repigmentation and skin needling, scar camouflage, and all of those wonderful procedures. So, okay. So we are going to get into the nitty and gritty and deep dive, get dirty with it in a nice way. So If you were starting over, I'm just going with the hardcore questions. If you were starting over and you had to build your business from scratch again today, what would be your top, maybe one, two, or even three things that you would do with your business? Oh, so that's tough. I know. I I put you on the spot. I think the biggest thing is I would really practice, practice, practice. And back when I started, I really wanted to build hand-eye coordination and so I would get grapefruits. I would sit down at night with my grapefruit and my a coil machine. I started on a coil machine and practiced doing a dot in the dimple. You know, it's like the dimples of the grapefruit. Oh, Just practice that bullseye. So I knew when I came to the skin, I knew exactly where that needle touched the skin. Even now I still practice. And so I, I just think anybody should practice. When I started, we didn't have social media. And that is a huge, huge way to be found. And it's funny because when I first was Googleable. People would come in. It's like, well, how'd you find me? I'm used to people saying, oh, well, so-and-so at the dentist's office. Or, you know, but it's like, no, I Googled you. It's like, I'm Googleable. <laughs> and so people will look. They'll put their hashtags in. They'll look at their other stuff. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is there's so many different ways to do things. And I think we need to learn, but you don't learn a new way until you've really learned the one way that's in front of you. Uh, I know people who are skilled artists and they talk to somebody else. Oh, she's using this needle in this way. Oh, she's doing this needle in this way. And so instead of trying one or the other, they add more, add more, add more. And the skin is a very humbling canvas, so to speak. And we start doing too many different things and we end up with just piak. It's a word my great grandmother had that just is exactly what it sounds. You don't know what you're going to end up with if you do too much. And so learn your one skill And after you have that, or, you know, learn how to do a nice classic eyelash enhancement, learn how to do just a nice basic lip blush, learn how to do a nice powder brow or good microblade brow before you start combining all these different techniques, your colleagues will tell you if it's an advanced procedure. And I see people who've done one or two pairs of lips and all of a sudden they want to do dark lips. Whoa, 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 slow down. Wait until you've mastered the skill of doing a pair of lips before you risk hyperpigmentation or, you know, know your depth. There's things you just need to know. And then you can build the other stuff, but you just have to build the foundation of skills. Yeah. And do you think it's like that shiny object syndrome? (laughs) No, no, I love it. Do you think it's that thing that people keep saying, oh, but if I just learned stardust eyeliner or whatever, you know, the latest name is, if I just learned this, then the clients will come, right? Like it comes from a good place. Like everybody keeps on thinking, oh, well, if I just learned that next service, that will be the answer to my prayers. Yep. And I've learned that's not the answer. On the other side of the shiny object, one of the biggest mistakes that people who've been around a long time make is they know they're one way and they don't learn anything new. Mm. But, But going after 
the catch name or the whatever phrase or those things don't build the business. I mean, they may teach you something, but my people don't come in and say, oh, I have to have such and such technique. They come in from a photo they see on an Instagram and or a, a referral or somebody they've seen live in person. And so it's more about your healed work. It's more about the longevity and building your client relationships. And it's funny because when I started out, I was young and most of my clients were 10, maybe 15 years older than me because they had the resources to come in and they became my friends. And so as I've gotten older, a little bit, my friends have gotten older also. And all of a sudden they come in after all these years, it's like, wow, okay, how, how did she get older like that? Oh, what she thinking about me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're your best advertisement, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, but it, it's interesting that because the expression, if you build it, they will come, you have to build the foundation of the business for them to tell their friends, to tell their friends, to tell their friends. And you know, it's all about them having that good experience and connecting with you on whatever level. So as much as I love to teach, I always say my happy moment is when I'm in my room, my Zen place. I am listening to what my client wants and I'm creating that and I'm talking to them and we've got good music playing and it's almost an intimate setting that they feel free to share with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And so are you then using like some of what they're saying to you? Do you use that in your marketing or do you use that? How do you? In the market, you hear what they're looking for. Yeah. And that may be next week's Instagram post. It may be something that somebody said. So I just remember years ago, a lady called me. I used to call all my people after I worked on them about a week later. I just want to check in, see how you're doing, remind you that we've got your follow-up appointment, you know, how'd you do? And they would always give me some sort of feedback. And that feedback was great quote. This one lady said, my husband said, I have the sparkle back in my eyes I had when I was young. It's like, oh, that's like the best quote. And so I used that. I put that on a business card, my husband said. And, and so I, those are the things that feedback. Yes. And they know that we care. You know, I bet you, I know that so many of like, they're, you know, the ones that are watching are saying, oh, I get that too. But the thing is, you, we all get it, but we forget to write it down. You think you're going to remember it. And you think that, and then when it comes to create a social media post or when it comes to your marketing, you can't think of anything, right? You're drawing blanks. Yeah. Right. You can't. So, but if you document that, like guys, if you just have a file on, like I have a file on my computer that I call client love. And it might be like screenshots of, of reviews or testimonials, or maybe even just a message that they send me on Messenger that I can, places I can jot that down. So that is a great gem, Vicki. I love that one. Yep. If you're doing something casual, if you're watching TV at night, you can practice. If you're sitting at the airport, I have some guy walk over to me. He's like, why do you keep drawing eyebrows? And I said, and to make the left and the right perfect, I'm not going to stop. As it's the cure for cancer in here. <laughs> well, it's the cure for all. Somebody said something, well, what makes you so special? Well, nothing. There really isn't anything that makes me any special or anything different than anybody else. I just was willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. Well, that's what makes you special. That actually is something super big, actually. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. I like that. So many people think of it, right? There's so many times where we all have ideas of, oh, yes, I should do that. And then they don't, right? Yeah. So and I think I told you, April, uh, at another conversation years ago before I started doing permanent makeup is when I thought I wanted to do permanent makeup. And I went and took this elaborate test to tell you what you should do when you're grown up. And I should never own my own business. And I should have somebody who bosses me and tells me what to do. And I should have flexible hours. And I needed to be creative. That was the things they told me. And so it's funny that by accident, I'm in my own business, but I learned partway in what I don't do well. And so it's not that I'm 
an emotional artist, but maybe if I'm depressed, the world's coming to an end. It's all I can do to function and move. And it's not that anything is that bad, but you feel overwhelmed. And to have somebody accept my phone calls, make my phone calls and return emails allowed me to be in, if I'm in a blue mood, I'm in a blue mood and you just stay away and let me you know, suck my thumb in the corner and I get up the next day and I come into my office with my good music and my clients and life is better again. Yeah. And so rather than me, I wanted to control everything. Mm. But part of being grown up was figuring out, okay, I suck at that. <laughs> let me hand that to somebody else. And that allowed my business to really grow. Right. And so I feel like my artists are growing with me and my staff is growing with me and my clients are growing with me. And that's such a big leap, I think, for so many beauty business owners, because obviously that's going to take finances and your and when your finances are tight, right? You think like, I can't afford to hire somebody or, and sometimes you get to that point where you can't not afford to hire somebody, right? You can't afford to keep going the way you're going. And sometimes you have to think about your business and where you want your business to be. And you have to start acting like the six-figure or the seven-figure beauty yeah. business owner, right? You have to be successful. And so it's like, you want to look pulled together, even if you're a mess on the inside. We're all a little mess on the inside, really. Yes, that's right. It's a beautiful mess. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and and it, yeah, we get up and you, you do what you can do and you soldier on. If yes. you have to go sit in the back room and have a good cry and you know fix your mascara and go back in the room and be amazing. As long as I think our clients feel our energy, we have yes. to be our best. And you know, sometimes there's people who lay on the table that they may not like you. And there's people that very rarely do I find somebody I don't like, but there's been a few I haven't liked. And I have to walk out of the room and self-check. Vicky, it is not your job to like her. It's not your job to be her friend. It's your job to give her beautiful work. And mm. I come back inside and I know my job is to do something good, something good for them. Yes. That is so good because so many times we can get tilted by somebody else, right? And then our energy is off and then our work becomes off. So that's so good that you can have that presence to take a moment and kind of clear your mind mentally and, you know, set yourself apart to really do the work. That's really good. The beauty of, I need to put a little anesthetic on and I'll be right back in the room. <laughs> Just a moment. So these little catchphrases that give you a moment to clear yourself. Yeah. So good. So I think that, oh my gosh, there's so many different ways that we can go from that. So I think some of the things that I'm hearing you say is you started before you felt ready, right? You put yourself out there in ways that are uncomfortable and kind of took that leap, you know, before, because that's the only way, right? Can you give some examples of where you were, well, I can think of one, but I'll see what you say first. (laughs) I tried when I was very young to do sales and I don't do cold calls. I feel uncomfortable meeting people for the first time. I don't want to walk up to people. And I'm the girl that I'll have fun at at a party, but I'm not the one who walks in the room and can work a room. It's just hard for me. And part of that is a little panic attack every time I, I have to do that. And so it's funny because when I would meet people who knew me through permanent makeup, it was always like, they really want to talk to me? Why would they want to talk to me? (laughs) And so there's still that. So in the very beginning, after I worked on people, I would call them and to meet those and they would say, oh, my friend's interested. What's her phone number? And they would give me the phone number. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Marcy says she wants to talk to you. Oh, okay. And they had no idea. I would break out into a sweat and I was terrified. And I would call and I would say, hey, our friend so-and-so wanted me to call you because she said you had questions. And I'm just calling you to answer your questions about permanent makeup. Nobody has any idea how hard that was for me to do in that moment. But I was hungry and I knew I had to make it. So what what did you think I was going to say? 
Well, I was thinking back like two years ago when I did that visibility challenge and I said, you need to put yourself out on video. And I remember talking to you at an SPCP conference and saying to you, you know, Vicki, you're like so super talented and people obviously locally knew about you, right? You know, and others had trained with you, had come to, you know, from other states to train with you. But I was like, but still more people should know about you because you are so talented. And I was like, you got to get out there on video. And you were looking at me and you were like, no way. You were like, yes, I know. But you were like, yes, I know I need to do it. But then you did it. And I remember like you not wanting to put yourself out there, but then you you did it. I remember those videos and you're like, I'm just doing this challenge thing April's having me do. And now you're such a natural on video. I always feel like I'm just talking to a friend. Yeah. If I remember that, that I've got a few friends I'm talking to, I'm a little more relaxed. And yeah, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. And I feel like I'm goofy. Yeah. And I feel like it's like, I'm just going to own who I am. And once again, if you meet me and you like me and that's that's a good fit, great. And if you see me and you think that I'm goofy and you don't like me, that's okay. You can pick somebody else. And that was a huge step for me. Thank you. That's so good. I always say with marketing, it's not about really them saying yes to you. I mean, there is a part, obviously they are coming for your services and for the special way that you do what you do, but really a lot of marketing is just them saying yes to themselves. Right. And so we just need to say like, are you going to say yes to the procedure you want to have and yes to yourself to actually doing going forward and doing it? And then am I the person that's going to help you get those results? Yeah. I always tell people that we want to make a plan. You know, if they they message me on Instagram or Facebook and I've got this, whatever, and I've got, and can you, are you the one? And I always say, let's talk, send me a picture, show me what you want and let's make a plan. And if I'm not the person for you, I will help guide you in the right direction to get you what you want. Like with anything, with a student, if I'm not, if there's something that somebody wants and I'm not the person for them, I'm happy to guide them to get what they want. I'm not going to try to teach a procedure that is not my strength or that I may not do. Yeah. That is such a gem that you just dropped right there. I don't know if if anybody like spaced out for a moment or was multitasking. What Vicki was just talking about is such a gem because so many times you get people that call you and of course they're just saying, what's the price? And what she just did is she just held space for them and said, what are you wanting? Let's make a plan. And now it's not just the client versus you, right? It's now you're together. Like now let's work together for that common goal. Love that. That's so good. It's so simple and so good. And when people ask me price, I although I know the prices, I don't have the prices on my website. I want an opportunity for either me or my assistant to talk to them to find out what they want because something may be simple or not doable. After we talk to them, then here's the pricing and here's the whatever because they may need removal and that's a whole different ball of wax. Yes, right. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. Okay. So now I'm going back to another hard question. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Get ready. All right. What do you see that's happening in our industry that you feel wasn't like, what would you like to take a stand against? And, or, you know, and this is not to make anybody wrong. There's not, you know, it doesn't need to be this versus this, but just like, what do you see that you would really like to change if you could change it? I think there's too many people worried about the money and they forget the consequences of the person who's on the table, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And so a lot of the conversation is, oh, well, they paid a deposit and I don't want to give them their deposit back. Or I, they weren't feeling good. There's all these excuses why, why we want to keep their money or why we're going to do a procedure on them that we may not be strong at or may not be good for them. And I always think we should have almost our own Hippocratic oath that we do no wrong. 
Yeah. So I've had people every week since we opened back up here in Texas, I've had at least one person a week cancel because they're exposed to COVID or they're not feeling good and they want to get tested. And every single time I say, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling me that we let me know what your test is. And we, I will make time to get you back in as soon as we know that you're healthy. And and I thank them. I would never keep a deposit for somebody like that because they could have been a jerk and come in and had COVID and gotten me sick and which would have been that whole snowball thing for everybody in my life. I always want to approach them with gratitude. And I think if somebody chooses me over another artist, I'm grateful for that. You know, I, I just think if we start our day with gratitude, we treat people with gratitude. If they have to cancel with gratitude. Now, if they've canceled four or five times and there's always some stupid excuse, then I put them on the naughty list and I'm, I will be booked out for eight months. They won't be able to get an appointment until next March. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have boundaries, but I think also understanding and having compassion is huge. Right? Yeah. I think they feel that when they talk to me too. I think they know that I'm not, I would never put them off. I would never be upset. And, and really, if, if you don't feel good, or I had somebody who canceled her lips on Friday because she started her period. Now, I, I worked for, with a plastic surgeon that would cancel their surgery if they'd started their period. I get it. I get it. And, and that was okay. Once again, I'm grateful that I have two hours that I can do something that I need to do. Yes, right. And, you know, I, and as long as she doesn't have her period every appointment, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're, we're live. I probably should say menstrual cycle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sore yet. Yeah. Just, just yeah. record. Hey, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I get that. I totally think that that's right. We need an oath. And I think it's hard sometimes you have to eat a little bit of humble pie to say, this is beyond my scope, right? This is beyond me. And this is more than I, you know, because you want to, it comes, sometimes it comes from a good place of people wanting to help others, but just realizing it's just too far beyond. And then you're going to take on that big problem, right? So do no harm is so good. I love that. Yeah. I had a lady, a sex sergeant, interject a story. I, I had, she was a melanin rich client who'd gone somewhere else to have her lips done. Mm. And they left a white line down the center of her lips, which was scar tissue. Mm. And so I went and I tried to needle it. I, I tried to needle it with a little color in it. I tried to add some more. And she finally said, just add black. Well, first of all, with that scar tissue, I knew it was not going to hold any more color. And we flattened the scar, but it got wider. And I finally sat her down and said, I want to help you. But there's nothing anybody's going to be able to do to remove this scar. If I, I can't do it, nobody can do it. And really, it was important that she understood that some long-lasting lip stain to wear during the day while she was at work was the best solution for the problem. I love that. So, yeah, I, I, I would want to have a solution, even if I'm not it. I love that, that you have a solution, even if you're not it, right? So we're not just saying, oh, can't help you. Have a list of people. And that also goes back to one of the, the theories that I teach, which is referral partners. So you have somebody that you can send them to, and then you know they'll send you people that is beyond them as well. Where do you see most beauty professionals struggle in terms of the business and maybe even the marketing side, not technique side, but the business and the marketing side? So you could do technique too, but I want to really just focus it. I think some of the business stuff, people are so worried about if they pay for the procedure up front and you have a whole day of new procedures, then you have a whole day of follow-up procedures. It all comes out in the wash. If it, at the end of 30 days or the end of two months, if, if you want to juggle your day, like I would say the perfect day for me is two new procedures, two color refreshes, one perfecting appointment. And that's, or two perfecting appointments with two new procedures and one color refresh. So you can juggle it, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. But if we stress ourselves out, it's like, oh, I worked this whole day for no money. Well, no, you worked a whole nother day and had great balls of money. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. 
sometimes we just have to look at the bigger picture. Yes, that's true. What do you see them struggle with technique wise? I know everybody's a little different, but I see a lot of people who want to take something either online or they watch somebody else doing it on YouTube and they think they've got it and they get into that skin and there's little nuances like whip shading, for instance, everybody wants to whip shade the eyebrows because nobody wants to have the old style tattoo eyebrows, which is great. I think they should be outlawed, but without somebody to really watch your depth in the skin, a lot of people overwork the skin or they go back and forth and they, they do all these passes and they end up with either a highly saturated eyebrow or skin that's just torn up that's painted right. that has to heal from that. Yeah. And so that's why people will ask me why I don't do areolas. Okay, well, the biggest thing is I want to watch. I have taught so many artists over areolas over the last 15 or 16 years who go in the skin so deep because they're heavy handed. They were mm. trained. You've got to get that your mid-level of the dermis, which we now know is not true. But the last thing I want is them to get on somebody's skin or especially a breast cancer survivor who's got compromised skin and tear that, I'm going to say it, and they're going to tear that shit up because they're not paying attention. And nobody's been there to say, oh, lighten up. You're, you know, you need that feedback. Yeah. Even, so even I needed the feedback. So at the last conference that we were at, we went in California at the Queen Mary and Daria was teaching an eyeliner technique and I've got my practice pad and it's beautiful. And she comes by and she looks at me, she's your shoulders up too high and you're going to hurt yourself. If I could say it in her accent, I would. I, 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 can't <laughs> I know I can't do it either. It's and at first it's like, my work looks good. What? Oh yeah. That's, I had stem cell put in my shoulder. I have a bum shoulder and I was holding it up. It's like I was babying it. I would not have known that. And I've heard her voice a couple of times while I'm working and I dropped my shoulder and I watched my work. I would not have seen that. And it, it did it. I had to get off my little high horse there for a minute to go. She's right. She's right. And so when I saw her at another conference and I went, went up to her and thanked her. I don't even know if she remembered. She looked at me like I'd you know, grown another <laughs> eye in the middle of my forehead. But it's like, yeah, you saved my shoulder. You told me what to do. Thank you. Yes. Right. That's when having somebody that's right there with you can say like, you know, no, you know, just tilt your hand a little bit or adjust your body or take just all the little, like you said, all the little nuances they can help fix. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. What was one of the biggest hurdles that you had when you were starting or growing your beauty business or in the lesson that you learned from it? Uh, so my goal setting was very, very small. It was very limiting. I would sit down and I would figure out the bills I had that month. And usually it's like me, like spreading on the floor with all the bills. Okay. <laughs> I added up. Okay. I need this many new procedures to pay my bills. And that's what I'd focus on. I need eight new procedures to pay my bills. And I would get eight procedures to pay my bills. And that's it because that's all I asked for. That's all I, mm. that was my main focus. Once I stopped thinking about what I needed to have, but what I could have, and it wasn't about the money, but it's like, okay, in my day, I've got, I can do five new procedures or five, I can see five clients and there's an energy. Even if you're doing a follow-up, if someone need an extra follow-up, I would do that because they're in the chair. There's the energy of you working and them telling their friends and them going back to the office. I know I had this done and this is fresh. And so I focused on how many people I could squeeze into my week comfortably. But I, I found myself working six days a week, but I found myself happily doing that. I found myself, you know, back when we used to have the autoclaves, Friday after work, cleaning everything in the autoclave and Saturday going up to the office and putting everything away and getting ready for the week because I wanted to think bigger. And the minute you let that go and focus on what you can do, what you need to do, something shifts. Mm, that's so good. I feel like I just need to have a moment of silence to just let that sink in for anybody that is like watching that just heard that. It's so true because we, 
I think here's also the thing, because people want to set big goals and then they don't want to be disappointed, right? Like, so set your goals, but then release expectations, like set your, or what I should say is set your vision of what you want and your energy so that you're not blocking it off. And it's funny because I was on the call with my Elevate students today and Lonnie said she wants to be busy, but now she worries about if she gets too busy, she won't be able to follow up with all of her clients. So she's already projecting, she's almost already blocking it off, right? Because she's already worried about it. And I'm like, you know, forget the how for now, forget about how you're going to deal with that problem down the road. We'll, we'll get it in time. Right now, we just need to get the clients coming in, get the business flowing for you. But it's like she was almost, and she caught herself. She caught herself like blocking it off saying like, she was worried about that she might hurt her reputation if something falls through the crack or, you know, if somebody yeah. like, and I said, listen, you can't please everybody. Somebody will fall through the cracks, right? I'm sure you've had that where even though you try your hardest. Yeah. Three in the morning, I wake up and go, oh, I haven't heard from so-and-so. <laughs> so, you know, they say there's a fear of if we don't achieve our goals, but there's also that fear if we do achieve them and what next yes. that held me back. Because I'm not a business person. What happens if, if I run a business? What happens if I become an LLC, which I have? I did this this last year, became an LLC. Mm-hmm. What if I have employees and I have to worry about? Oh, and the, you put so much energy into worrying about what could be rather than when it's there, worrying about how to solve it. Yeah. So, like for my clients, when they come in at the day of their appointment, then we schedule their perfection appointment and they are on the books. If they need to go home and call and and change it, they can do it or email and change it. But they are on the books because I book so far out. I want to make sure they're there. And if they freak out, every now and then somebody's got that brow shock or it looks like a little piece of my eye. I I get the ones I seem to attract very, very particular people. And it's like, Vicki, I'm looking in my 20 magnification mirror. And I think there's a dot on my eyeliner that is slightly lighter than the dot next to it. (laughs) Okay. It's been 10 days. And yes. in your perfection appointment, we will address that. Yeah. And then, then I'll get the, the message the week before. I can't find the dot anymore. It's all smoothed out, gone. But it's nice to be able to, to tell them in their, their follow-up text message. That's why we have the perfection appointment. Because like any artist, I want to add a little more layer to my work if, if necessary or yes. tweak anything. I want them to know that skin is a canvas and we are artists. Yes. Let us do our art. I, I remember Mary Richardson telling me that, oh gosh, I don't know how many years ago, I want to say it was like 2014. And she said that she would do that, that she always, when somebody would come in, she would book their follow-up before they left. And my, I know this is going to sound crazy, but my mind was blown with that because, and this was before like online scheduling and so forth, or maybe people had it. I didn't have it. I was still doing it all because I felt I like I needed to I still control. Don't yeah, I well, I felt like I needed to control my calendar yeah. and whatever. And so, and I was like, you do? I was like, wow. I felt like that's so, you know, professional. That's so organized of you. And like, it's interesting because when you think about it that way, I think about like, why didn't I do that? And then I started doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Heather says she also does that. Yep. And it's funny because it it makes that difference when they call and they're a little worried. That's okay. That's why we have this already on the book. It stops the panic right there. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because don't worry, it's, it's handled. We got you scheduled, right? So they're not just constantly calling. That's so good. Okay. So what do you think this is? This will be like one of my last few questions. Nah, bring them at me. I got this. We're on a roll now. So what did you do to become known outside of just your town? Like, what do you think, what helped you get known? Like even in the permanent makeup? So I had 
two offices in two different cities in Texas for a while. I worked for a doctor in Dallas and I worked at a cosmetic clinic in Houston. Mm. And, and I taught for a medical company. And so the people in the medical company would come in, I would have my clients be the models for free photo facials and free microdermabrasions or whatever. And always the doctors would stand around and they go, oh, she has to take that makeup off. Oh no, that's permanent. Oh, here's my card. <laughs> so the, the doctors kind of got to know me. Oh, okay. Well, here's a hot tip. And this is, I'll, I'll finish with the two offices in a minute. So if you've got an office that's close to you and you really want them to know. Oh, wait, I, wait, hold on. I'm going to pause you guys. If you want to hear the hot tip, write hot tip. Okay, go for it. There's a few doctor's offices that I wanted to get into, get to know them better. And so you show up with business cards and cookies and you just say, thank you for the referrals. I don't know who here has sent me a few referrals. Really, they didn't send me any referrals. <laughs> I thank them for those referrals. I said, yes. you know, the best job in the world is to be a drug rep because they bring you lunch. And I know you guys get all the lunch. I can bring you cookies. But you know, if anybody in the office wanted to have like a procedure at cost, I'm happy to give that to you as a thank you gift. And I had several offices would have me scheduled two or three days in a row. And for a hundred dollars, I did every eyeliner, every eyebrow, every lip in the office. And then when I came back for another hundred dollars, every eyebrow, every lip, every, but they talked to their clients and all of a sudden it was just a world of referrals. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Anyway, so in time, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to snag that. I will give you credit for it, but I am going to snag that gem because that is so good. I'm going to pass that along to my my students. That makes it a real hot tip then. (laughs) Okay. That is so good because guys, did you get that? She's like, thank you for the referrals. And then she says, as a thank you to thank you, which nobody ever did refer, I'm going to give you a service. A discounted service. A discounted procedure. Cost of supplies. The layers of brilliance on that are so good. And it works so good. It works so good. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So when I started, I had two offices, the mistakes that people make. So in the very beginning, I had an office in Fort Worth and an office in Dallas. And so both cities are probably 45, 50 minutes apart. So I was drawing a net in Fort Worth and a net in Dallas. You don't want to have like two cities. Who wants to maintain two offices and pay rent in two offices that are 25 minutes apart? Mm. You know, people will drive to come see good makeup. Well, so then I ended up with an office in Houston and an office in Dallas. Which, guys, that's a good three hours away. Okay, so. For yeah, three hours and 45 minutes. And if you stop to pee, it's four hours and 15 minutes door to door. And you have to that's bring a long pee. That's a long pee. You must be stopping a few times. They're stopping at Bucky's. Have you been to Bucky's? You have to walk through and you got to get the flag. You got to get a drink. Oh my gosh. There's some good Tex-Mex. Can't mix that. <laughs> anyway, so it's like, yeah, I, I liked having that office. And so we had the underground shopper here and the underground shopper had, she was on the TV and the radio in Dallas and in Houston. Yes. And so she had her clients ask who did good permanent makeup. And so a lot of them called and referred me. So she decided for all of the state of Texas, I was like the best permanent makeup artist. Now, honestly, there's a lot of talented people. I don't really believe that I was necessarily the best, but seven years in a row, she decided that I was the best because I was in the two cities. She had her radio show in. And so I still have voted Texas best seven years running, even though (laughs) she is no longer with us, but I'm not letting that go because that's just a whole thing. You You will honor her in the grave and it will. That's right. That's right. So yeah, if if you have a second office, just make sure that you've got the ability to draw 
a bigger net. So now I no longer go to Houston. I do have some of my former Houston clients drive or fly to Dallas to have their procedures done. You know, they tell two people who tell two people and I stay close to the airport, Arlington, where I'm at. One airport's 20, 25 minutes away and the other is 30 or 35 minutes away. And I get people who fly in and they take an Uber over to the office and have me do their makeup and they go spend the night and they fly home the next day. Yes. Love it. I love it. Just to let you guys know, I grew up in Arlington. (laughs) Vicki and I, it's so funny how we're like passing ships in so many ways, but yeah, I grew up in Arlington. It's great where it's located is perfect. In the middle of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so good. We don't want to talk about like what's coming up for you and where they can find you and all that good thing. But like, if you could leave them with, you know, words of wisdom or a lesson that you learned that you would, that is like your big take home. Okay. There's two. Know your color theory. That's huge. Really learn color theory. And if you can't draw it or you can't see it, don't tattoo it. Mm-hmm. You think you're in a lash line and you can't see the base of those lashes, change your stretch, change your glasses, change your body position. You've got to see where you're working to be able, and be able to see that needle as it touches the skin. Yes. That's so funny you say that because I remember training in like, I know it's going to sound like a long time ago, but like in 2003 and I couldn't see like the, I had the little Misha pen and I, I don't know if I didn't have my needle right or what I was doing, but the tip was on. You had to, that's when you had to assemble all the parts and whatever. And the, it was just spitting out you know, ink and I'm trying to do this eyeliner and I couldn't see anything. It was like a big mess. I don't know what I, I just kept trying to go. And my, finally my teacher, thank goodness. She like stopped me. She was like, Whoa, you got to wipe it. You got to see, because I just kept on thinking like, okay, you just keep going along. I could see the lashes, but I couldn't see my work. You know, I had made such a mess in the eye. And so, yeah, that's so good. You got to see it. One of the first eyeliner. So many levels. Doing that eyeliner. She was fighting me and I I had a good stretch. I was not going to let it go. Doggone it. And I missed that lash line just a little bit. And then I did the beautiful thing of adding a little flesh tone to cover it. Two things, you know, that I learned very early on. And so now when I see people, oh, just put a little flesh tone. Or there are people who actually put a flesh tone. And mm-hmm. people will come to me, can you fix this? It's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah things to learn. What do you use to practice that feels most like real skin? Okay, so Terry Lively has some real skins that she makes that's nice. And that kind of has that feel. You almost have to stretch and it, it almost, the needle goes mm-hmm. feeling more like you're working on skin. And I tell you, a grapefruit. I'm sure you've seen people who have skin that looks like a grapefruit and it feels kind of like that, but that gives you the round, like you're holding onto their forehead or their, their eye or their stretch and, and it smells good. Okay, good. I'm writing down these questions. I'm listening to you, but I'm writing down these questions in case they go off screen. So then best way to get out there as an areola artist, any tips that you have with that? Get a good class, get some photos of you working. You know, like when I'm teaching class, I always have people, you know, we try to, I always try to do the nice portrait setting of them working on an areola so they can use that for their social media, even the practice pads and reach out to doctors and oncologists and nurse navigators in your area and show them your work. Yes. The power, guys, I know I preach this like re- religiously. Sometimes it's, it's like I'm a broken record, but the power of authority referral partners. I know so many times we just want to just do the social media and just, you know, post the stories and just post the posts. But it, when you can get a really good referral partner, I mean, you don't have to worry about your Facebook 
account getting shut down or the internet going down or any of these things, because you have a referral partner, you have authority in your area that has a reputation and has your ideal clients that are already pre-sold. So get connected with those people. Okay. So let's go back to that areola question. So I've got an areola artist who works with me now and she's newer. She's a breast cancer survivor and she, she was a newlywed. She was not ready to not have nipples. And she didn't like any of the nipples that were out there. And so she did some nipple temporary tattoos. And she now has done them very similar to what our style is. And when I saw her in class, it's like, oh no, you're not competition. You're my team. And I bought a bunch of those from her and she and I together sat down and we stuffed envelopes with the different temporary tattoos. And we sent a flyer and those temporary tattoos to all the doctors in Dallas and Fort Worth, because you need to know that I now have a teammate. And until somebody's ready, they have an option, but when they see the option that's there, it gets them used to having the areola and then they'll call us when they're ready. Yes. So, collaborate, collaborate. Love it. So, so good. Okay. The next question was best wipe for eyeliner to clean the eyeliner. Do you have a favorite wipe that you use? I just use baby wipes in the procedure. I like to use the, and I've drawn a blank. Non-scented, fragrance-free, yeah, all that. I, I just, I, and I like the Huggies. The okay. non-scented, and I tear them in half. So I use an OcuSoft eyelid scrub before I do the eyeliner. So it's nice, clean lash base. Afterwards, I put a fresh in the eye and I use the, I just said the word, not pigment seal. Yeah, it is pigment seal. I I dip a Q-tip in the pigment seal and I put that in the eyelash line. There's a little alcohol in it. So I don't want to not have the refresh drop in the eye to occlude the eye, but I use that to clean those eyelashes out. And then I rinse my eye wash when I'm done. Nice. Interesting. So good. Yeah. And I think it was Heather that asked that. I'm not sure who asked that question, but you know, what I always say is what you're going to hear different things that different people do. So try this and see if that works for you and, and see if it works for your clients and if you feel comfortable with it. And sometimes you take what you have been doing and you tweak it a little bit. So there's not, you know, one set way, but yeah, Vicki would know because she's done a gazillion of them and she does gorgeous eyeliners. What are your go-to tools like rotary, digital? And if it was rotary, what cartridges do you use? Like she just wants to know some of your go-to tools. Do you have okay. some yeah. As a general rule, the Zion S is kind of my go-to machine. I love the okay. new little battery pack because I'm mm. clumsy. And as much as I love the critical and I've got all the cords, I trip on them. So I now mm. have my light on the wall above me and I got a battery pack on the back of my Zion. When I'm doing areolas, sometimes I use the Zion because I love the idea of not having that cord, but Nothing puts color in the skin like a traditional needle and a coil. It's just a little cumbersome. I've got an out-of-town office down towards Austin. And just as a favor, I go every couple months. And I forgot all my five-round shaders. And I was like, oh, no. Well, I was bringing backup machines, backup cords, backup needles, everything, because I've been out on the road and something was forgotten or dropped or missed. So I, I always make sure I've got everything. Well, I had to pull out my, not my Zion, my coil with my five round shader and hooked it up, did my first pass right in the eyelash line. And there was color. It was like, Oh, I forgot how beautiful this is. And so every now and then, you know, just try different tools to see what you like. But if you were just to get one, the Zion is good quality. My favorite needles are really the quadrant needles. I love the quadrant needles. And here's my tip for the needle. So needle on the bar, I can do a three or a five shader for an eyeliner or just about anything. When I'm using cartridge needles, I go up a size so or down a size, depending what I want to accomplish. So for an eyeliner, I normally would use a three for needle on the bar. On my Zion, I'll use a five liner to get my boundary dots in the lash line and a five shader to build my saturation. Oh, okay. So... 
Is that because you're doing like bug pin or because you're, is there a reason why you go a little up or just your footprints? The footprint, I really, I think it's the housing. I think the plastic housing, the way it pushes it, it's the rotary that pushes that needle in and out. It doesn't have the same strength or doesn't hit the Mm. same depth as a needle on the bar. Yes. Right. Right. And and so you can get a Bishop rotary, which is nice. Um, And I've got one and it's nice. My deal with the, the rotaries when you stop it, that needle is going to be up or down wherever it wants to stop, where it is in that, that circle. So you actually have to run the machine to make sure your needle is at that perfect depth. But I like the fact they're quiet. A coil, yeah. and I, I shut that thing off, that needle is right back up and it bounces on the skin and I can feel the, the rubber nipple on the tip of the needle to, or on the, you know, the loop. And I know exactly how hard that's hitting the skin. I can feel that and go, oh, that that's not quite enough to implant color. I can turn it up. I can hear it. And there's something to be said about all that seeing and hearing and touching and, you know, the vibration, the feel on the skin. All those things are nice. I just hate the fact we've not come up with a beautiful coil that's quiet. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, guys, whatever machine you pick and cartridges, what you'll know is like Vicky can use all these different machines, right? She's probably tried every machine out there. I bought them all. Yeah, I had Cheyenne Hawk. I've had, uh, I have Nubo Contour. Like, I guess I'm a little bit of a machine junkie. If you start to know I have Zion, I have a lot of them actually. But I think what's key is what she just said there. Like she's feeling the skin. She's listening to, you know, the vibration. She's listening to the machine. She's, when you go in the skin, the, the little bit, the slight difference of sound. She's really like, she's really intuitive to all of those things. Like not just because sometimes what happens is, especially when you're first getting started, you kind of hold your breath and just try to get through the procedure. (laughs) You like tune out the world. And as you get going, as you get more comfortable, then you start to get those, all your senses going with it. Right. Yep. And whatever machine that you've got, just if the needle doesn't vibrate too much, you can do any procedure you want with it. Just learn how to use your machine the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. I like a low vibration machine, a really low vibration yeah. machine. I want to know what's your favorite pigment line for eyeliners. So in my kits, I give away the Will Anthony eyeliners in my room. I use the permablend black or the double black. I always add a little ginger brown to it. And those colors come back beautiful. Somebody's veiny. They do have a blended black or black beauty. And I may mix one of those instead <laughs> because if I worry a little bit about migration, but almost always it's the double black with a ginger brown. How long have you been using permablend? Almost three years. I think December, it will be three years. Awesome. Yeah. That line has taken off like crazy. When my eyeliners come back and they don't need anything or like one eye is perfect and the other eye just needs a little bit that to me, that's success. It's like, Oh, we can tweak it. They leave. They look good. It's always a great follow-up because I've not worked them really hard. You know, sometimes you'll see that even just, you know, when you're ready, investing in a better machine, you're, will save you so much money because your work comes back. It saves you time where you don't have to do as much, right? Because um, the machine is implanting more pigment and things and like that. And that said, people who buy a lot of machines that are looking for the machine to solve their issues, it's not the machine. And so I, I'll see people that, well, I'm going to buy another machine. I'm going to buy this machine. I'm going to, do you think that one's better? It's not the machine. It's not the machine. It's get the technique down and then you can start building your inventory. And so, yeah. I have my machines all over different rooms because I've got, I keep buying them, but yes. I, still, I have my favorites. I have three Zions that I use all the yeah. time. I think for me, it, it just came down to like, 
you just think that that next machine is going to like, it has some new feature where you're like, oh, well, they're like this one, it has this feature. And you're like, oh, well, I got to have that feature too. <laughs> and then you start to say, you start to realize that you find your favorites, right? You find what yeah. and, works best. And they're not the same. So I, you know, I hate to make you guys think that these are the machines you have to have. These right. are just ones that I have found that I'm happiest with. Yes. So good. Do you have a favorite needle for lips? Somebody asked that and I, I missed who well, asked that. I, my clients like a you know the lip blush, but they like a little more saturation. So I tend to pick the three bug pin. So it's like a ten o three or an eight o three because it, you have the smaller footprint, but you're getting twice the pigment in per swipe on the lips. Okay. Do you ever use magnums or do you ever use larger needle groupings for areas? I, I used to, and I loved them. I could get it in fast, but there was always areas I had to come in and tweak. And I realized that for areolas, it saved me a little bit of time, but I wasn't able to do my really soft color layering that I can do with a smaller needle. And, and so I'm kind of on the fence with that, where I, I love the idea that I can use, I can use the nine or 11 curve magnum to get the color in on an areola lips. I used to do it. I found that with the smaller needles on the lips, their color is holding, they come in and it's very minimal touch up if we need to do a touch up. And so I'm liking the smaller needles. And so I pick a single needle on a lip if somebody just truly wants that nice blushy color. Mm. I don't want to have a lot. Like translucent. They want a very translucent. I'll do the one and we're done with it. Mm. But most of my clients, they don't mind it being translucent, but they want want to see it in the mirror. And that's what I'll get people who have been to other artists. It was done and I can't see it. Well, it's because they just picked a very natural color and a single needle. Yeah. Texas, they want their face done. They want their makeup on while they go to the grocery store even. Yeah. I really have a hard time talking them out of the lip liner. I feel yeah. like, like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go with the nineties. <laughs> so good. All right. Oh my goodness. There were so many good gems guys here. Oh, what needle do you love for areola? Chris said. So I, um, I found that I'm using a five shader, a five liner, and I'm using a three bug pen. I start by doing some of the whip shading with a three bug pen and then I build up and I go to the pointillism with a five liner and then I do the inside with, I take it back. Sometimes I use the three inside the nipple and then I do the shader and then I finish everything up with the liner and then I take it back. I pull the single needle out if I'm doing a few little wrinkles. So that's a lot of needles. Sorry. End of my areola procedure. I'll have all the colors because I use a lot of colors and I layer them all in. And yeah, I've got my trash sack that sits on the side of my tray that is full and there's like needles all over my tray. And I've, I've worked out a, a huge sweat and I'm a lot of times it's like, I'm done. I, I leave the room. I make somebody else clean my room. Cause I'm just exhausted. You're like, I'm done here. Yeah. <laughs> you strip and then you're like, <laughs> and you leave the room. Yeah. And, and I do tell them using the smaller needles, they, they will have to come back and have more color. But once again, I don't want to overwork their skin. I want a minimal healing and come back and we can layer more <laughs> and we get a good picture. Too. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I think back just even how much this industry has evolved. And this is true, like in the beauty industry with whatever service, you know, you're doing, if somebody's doing lashes and then it's now it's volume lashes and they learn the next thing and like everything just keeps getting better, right? The it's lashes, it's going to be like the glue and the adhesive gets better. Or if it's permanent makeup, like our knowledge and our tools, like now, you know, before I remember, you know, you just used one needle and you did everything till the end of the procedure with that one needle. And if you use two, it was like, Ooh, 
gosh, you're going to use two. But now it's like you do what you take. It's really like art and our, our paint brushes yeah. and different pigments. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's amazing how far we've come with all of this. Yep. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Chris says she does. She uses lots of different needles too. And that's because both of you do gorgeous work. The, the wrinkles and all of those details. Oh my gosh. It kill, kills me. I drool. I'm like, whoa, it's amazing. So good. So, so good. Yay. So let's tell everybody where they can find you, what trainings you have coming up and all your social media handles and all that good stuff. I have, it's like a fundamental eyeliner class, eyeliner essentials coming up. I've got lips coming up and we figured out in my, I've got enough room in my office that we can social distance. And then I've got brows, my creative brows and my brows amped. Brows amped, we almost everybody's learned microblade, but we still do two days of microblade and then, you know, two days of powder and then our model day. So it's really kind of a whole broad spectrum of what they are. I'll be doing an areola class in Texas the first week in November. And I'm going to Portland the end of September. And with Pam Neighbors, she and I are doing our exquisite eyeliner class. It's the first time we're pairing up for this. And we'll teach. You have to know how to do eyeliner to take this class because we're teaching how to map a wing, how to do the color stacking. I'll teach how to do some of the whip shading, how to really build that saturation that your eyeliners are coming back essentially done. You know, and you're not, ha- you're, if you have to add anything, it's very minimal. So that's why we want to make sure you got a good foundation. You can do a good lash line and you've got a good stretch before you come in to take that class. And then we'll, I'll be doing an areola class up there in Portland immediately following our exquisite eyeliner class. So, yay. So, so good. You got lots of <laughs> Thelma and Louise. I have to just say that if you train with Vicki and now she didn't know I was going to say this, like I said at the beginning, she really You'll, I think you could tell if anybody couldn't tell from this interview, she just is an open book. She cares. She's going to sit with you. She's going to make sure you get it. She is not about the glamour or the Insta fame, though she is super glamorous. She's really about the heart and the matter of things. And, and that's just one of the things that I love about Vicky. So many things, so many things. So Yeah. So you want to check her out on any of those classes because you can see the reviews and even the people that have said so far, like they will come away a better artist for sure. You will walk away. Instagram is Vicky's making faces, all one word. So if you look at it fast, I didn't think about this when I came up with it. It looks like Vicky smacking faces. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Nobody pointed that out. And one day somebody repeated my email address to me. (laughs) Oh, that was not well thought of. <laughs> well, well, maybe some of that too. They better listen. You're going to keep them in yeah. line there. Uh, <laughs> so good. Thank you so much, Vicki, for being here. Um, on my business page, we'll do the interview series. And then in my group, the Beauty Marketing Simplified, I cannot even think of the own name, Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast group, I'll be doing some private training. So that's the way I've decided to set it up. We'll keep the interviews here on my business page. And then in the private group, which is a free group that you can join, we'll be doing um, some private marketing trainings. So that's it, guys. Check out Vicki and all that goodness. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.